0: This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta.
1: Angreys apna lagan or News Laundry apna hafta kabhi nahi chorte. Welcome to yet another episode of NL Hafta. We are recording from our studio on our weekly trip to office. Otherwise, we still work out of home and I think this is going to become a permanent thing even post-COVID. I think we may need to come to office just a couple of times a week. So that will save real estate costs. We won't have to expand our office very much. Thank you for those of you who have contributed to NL Sena. We have had very, very healthy contributions to our Sena projects. We have another Sena project up on real estate. Do check that out. That is being done by two reporters, Raman sir, Ritika, Jain and...
2: And Shweta Desai.
1: Across two cities. It is a really important story of our time of, you know, how the real estate sector is. In any case, such a complicated sector on top of that, because of this, will homeowners get delivery or not? What is the economics behind that? What are the logistical issues behind that? So check that out. Also, a couple of other announcements. One is that we have our gift subscriptions active. Many of you have contributed to our gift subscriptions. Thank you. So if you want to give a gift subscription, or you can afford to... You can sponsor a student or you can please give or you can give a gift subscription to your friends or family. You mail us at contact at com along with what your contribution amount is. We will send you a payment link, which won't require any sign-up or OTP or any of that hassle. After we pay, we will map the subscription manually. So do gift subscriptions to those of you who think need to be a little more media literate or to students who can't afford it. Let's have the headline first by Manisha, and then we shall introduce the panel.
3: A massive fire engulfed a natural gas-producing well of OIL in the Tinsukia district of Assam. There had been a gas leak since May 27th, and now we've seen dramatic visuals of the whole place up in fire. I think there have been two deaths, firefighters, and of course irreparable, irreparable loss to... All the vegetation and wildlife there. But we don't know much about that. India has had its largest surge yesterday with 10,000 infections and 350 deaths accounted for in 24 hours. So clearly we're reaching, we're going to be in the middle of the pandemic in a few weeks. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Bejal strikes down UP's uh, order of reserving hospitals only for people of Delhi. This created quite a lot of controversy at the start of the week where the AAP government said that both private and government hospitals in Delhi will only open its doors to residents. And there was a list of documents that you had to show if you wanted to be treated. The left-wing governor struck it down, thankfully. Following which, uh, Manisa Sodhiya said that we are going to see 5.5 lakh cases and we may need 80,000 beds by the end of July, mm. uh, yet denying community transmission. That, they say, is not <laughs> up to them. That the centre, yeah, the centre, can centre can has decide. to. But mm. it's just so bizarre. ICMR. It's mm. just... <laughs> Cases in Maharashtra have also crossed the 90,000 mark and the debt toll has risen to about 3,438 cases. Uh, meanwhile, um, there's been some development at the border between India and China. Both parties have agreed to de-escalate. There are a lot of conflicting uh, reports coming in. Primarily, I think there's a big difference between what the rest of the media is reporting and what Ajay Shukla is reporting.
1: But uh, as p- our television studios, we won the war. Yeah, there, was a ba- won. there was a battle and we
3: yeah. won it. Ko sabak hai, but basically what we do know... From various sources that there's at least agreement on de-escalation. We don't know the nature of it yet. And talks will continue over the next 10 days. A very horrific, gruesome killing of a Kashmiri Pandit village head who was with the Indian National Congress also made headlines. He was shot dead by terrorists in Ananthanag. Uh, five militants were killed in a Shopia encounter. This is the third gunfight this week in the district. Meanwhile, as black live protests have engulfed almost the world now, I think we've also seen a lot of images coming in from Europe and other parts. There have been some uh, troublesome murders of uh, Dalits reported in India. That didn't get much prominent front page news, but still. There was a 17-year-old Dalit boy who was shot dead in Amroha. There was speculation that it was over entry of a temple, but that's being denied by the police now. Uh, 20-year-old Dalit man was also killed for being in a relationship with an upper caste woman. This was around Pune. I think this was near Pune.
1: And the police has described this as a caste killing. Yeah. Hmm.
3: And uh, there was also a rape case made in uh, Rajasthan. In Rajasthan.
4: 13-year-old uh, minor, the Dalit girl. She was raped over 4 months. My and girl. then now she's pregnant, 17 months pregnant. People only got to know about it. Her family got to know because like, she started having... Pains and everything, Mm. so Mm. they took her to the doctor. Doctor said she was pregnant, and then she told them that
1: this has Mm. been happening.
3: My God, okay. Uh, Minneapolis, meanwhile, pledges to dismantle its police department. Can you ever imagine that in India?
1: (laughs) And did you see the guy's interview on CNN today, this morning? No. The police chief, he's black. Oh. Oh, I mean, mixed race. He's he's not white clearly, Mm. but uh, oh, fantastic interview. Hmm. Oh, great. Can't imagine a desi cop doing that. That's my disgust at desi cops.
3: (laughs) Well, but the images that are coming from the US and what the US cops are doing is also quite horrible. Sure,
1: but what I'm saying is, can you imagine even but one yeah, cop leader? I mean, do yeah. you have enough sub The reckoning can you? at least. Yeah. I mean, mm. it's
3: unimaginable in India. Um, INB Ministry, uh, PSU has floated a tender to identify fake news and disinformation on social media. I think we should apply for this tender. <laughs> Let's see if we get it.
1: That'll be quite a good story. <laughs> how to apply for a government tender. No, no, review.
5: no. there
2: are, no, no how can you apply I mean there will be certain standards in your company huh? guidelines the turnover will have to <laughs> be beyond a certain yes, we will yes. be below that turnover Yes, and this kind of work if you have done in the past
3: so at least alt news can they are a bonafide fact checking website with a certification alt news will never problem get it the problem
4: is they usually they usually <laughs> they put out these standards the in a way the specifications are in a way yeah. that they only hire people who they uh, already have I in mind I'm really
3: curious to know who will get this we'll,
1: we'll discuss this in a little more detail in the
4: meanwhile,
3: discussion meanwhile um, the G N K has a terrible meeting policy which Ramansar and I were discussing could just be you know it could just be a test case for the rest yes. of the country where you can be denied government advertisements for uh, reporting uh, for reporting stuff which offends public decency which can be anti-national so basically it's just it's just 6-6-A for the so media so basically
4: they have sort of made this official, what they've been doing for the longest time, now it's on paper.
3: Yes, We have some reports on that and how they've been doing this for a while. There was a lot of uh, commotion and a lot of discussion around the NYT editor James Bennett stepping down. This was over an uh, op-ed that had appeared on the paper by Tom Cotton that advocated for the army being called in to deal with looters and protesters. This elicited a lot of interesting media conversations that I followed at least. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Darren Sami has pointed out racist slurs used at him in an Instagram post by Ishan Sharma a few years back this was after Hassan Minaj did a video explaining how Asians are also very racist and the kind of terms they use and he realized that one of the words that were used was being used, used on him by cricketers a, and Kal- not
1: just the Instagram post that kind of proves what he was saying was right he was saying they used to call him Kalu generally hmm. so we'll discuss that in yeah. there so, was actually that
4: survey some years ago which said like India was the most racist
1: country in the world
4: really?
5: Was yeah that? Okay. yeah
1: and Telangana, Chief Minister, this is just breaking news. In fact, even as we're recording this on Thursday afternoon, he has warned his state of a locust attack. So, yeah, bad news just keeps coming in. Today on the panel, we have our in-house team of Raman Kripal. Hi, Ramazur. Hi. Miraj Lohan. Hello. Manisha Pandey. Hello. And joining us on the phone is Anu Bhuyan. She's a journalist from Bangalore. Hi, Anu.
0: Hi, Aminandan.
1: And she's based in Delhi. Uh, she's right now reporting on healthcare. At India Spend, she reports on gender, law and justice, technology. And before India Spend, she was at The Wire, at Outlook Magazine, BBC News and NPR. She has a multimedia experience working with print, magazine, television, radio and photography. And now she's in the digital space. So Anu, quite a journey you've had for your very young age.
0: Not sure why that's significant, but uh, yes, I've had a
1: journey. No, that's like... One two three four five. Wow. NPR. What are we doing in NPR? Of course, it, it it's significant. I think at I mean, people at really in their thirties have not you know done anything other than print. You've kind yes. have yes, I even shady. applied
0: and interviewed with you for a job in News Laundry once. This was I'm not sure if you remember that, but uh, yeah, trying to stay employed then as a journalist.
5: Oh shit. Okay. Not so,
0: always
1: easy. So. NPR is one of my favorite. Yeah. Before we, you know, get on to your wonderful health reporting, what, what, when were you yeah. there? What, what did you do for them?
0: I was a producer for them in Delhi. Uh, they've they've had a correspondent here for many years. I think it's been about twenty years. They've always had someone, hmm. uh, either in Delhi or in Bombay. So um, I was a producer for them in Delhi for a while. That was my first job actually after college, and then I, yeah, and then moved on from there.
1: Wow. Okay. I would never have left NPR, man, because I'm hooked <laughs> onto their podcast. Anyway. So before we discuss all the other thing that made the news, this didn't really make the news, but Dr. Naresh Trehan, FIR and all that was in the news. And uh, of course, when we've asked why aren't we covering the news, I personally don't think it was such big news. You don't cover every news, but this is specific because Dr. and is Madhu's husband, Madhu's co-founder and till very recently editor-in-chief and even now is a, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, she'll always be a part of news laundry, even if she doesn't have a day-to-day executive role. She was on a hafta a few haftas ago. So I mean, we've been discussing, should we cover this? Should we not cover this? I don't think it is smart to cover it uh, because there is no way we can appear neutral or or. But at the same time, if one gets access to information that is actually good for them, then do we still not cover it? It's it's a tricky one. You know what I mean? What do you think, Manisha?
3: Yeah, I mean we've been we've been having discussions, and I think maybe formally we'll maybe put out something or not but uh, one is that we don't cover a lot of but in this uh, case I guess the expectation is to cover it precisely it's because not it's such a big
1: straight. news yeah. I mean, and this I can tell you because I, mean, I know or the small details
3: uh, it's a different thing but uh, I think in this case uh, it's very normal for us to skip a lot of these day to day stories that happen of FIR or someone be being booked yeah. I personally don't think we have... I mean, this is a call that we all can take. But I think this is different from maybe, say, if India Today was involved in something or there was a story in India Today because their news laundry score is to report on the media. And a Mm. story like that, I don't think we'd ever let go. But in this case, when it's not really
4: our... Maybe our subscribers can write in and just... Tell us what they think about it. But I think one example that was said by this James uh, Bennett guy only. So his brother, Michael Bennett, who was a senator, he was running in the Democratic primary hmm. for the US president. Hmm. And when he announced his run, this guy said, I won't write or edit on the it. Democratic primary. Actually, so he recused himself from it. Actually, I think
3: that because there's no way, it's too close home. I mean, uh, yeah. Madhu is editor, she's founder, she's, you know, she's a very integral. She is like news laundry for a lot of us. And for a lot of our readers also, so yeah. it's really tough to appear uh, neutral. I mean, even if you
2: look into the merits of this case, I mean, just go by the facts. FIRs are filed. mostly hmm. nine in uh, in ninety-five percent of the cases are filed by the police, hmm. not at the direction of the judges. Hmm. Only four or five percent. I hmm. mean, and in this particular case, I mean we the the same RTI activist had gone to two earlier courts
1: and the same and, and Deva, the same they were
2: uh, so so I think even if you look into the merits of this case I don't think haan, but sir are na if
1: we but haan. I mean toh, you, you can also hai,
3: judge this from the fact that no, it's I'm, not front page news it wasn't it wasn't not. because I think
1: no, I, I think my this thing is so that this, because what you one does have information and knowledge which is not being printed or is not available to including the antecedents of the guy who has filed the FIR then if we were to use that would we be accused of Dekho ye uski peet rahe. you know so if you have more information than others do do you use that or do you not use that or will you be seen as you know batting for one side so I I do lean towards what Manisha said That oh, sorry what Maharaj said that maybe one there are certain issues you just step away yeah, from yeah best to recuse i think but yeah let and us know what issue, you guys think yeah, yeah issue
3: ah, statement that's on, the thing i mean issue, we are recusing on we will recusing not be from reporting yes. on something because it's not
1: so yeah i'd like to know what you think subscribers let us know anu tell us about this i mean i have your story in front of me from treatment to medical gear patients paying more in covid times now you've done a fair bit of healthcare reporting in our headlines uh, you know there were bits about tamil nadu government has said we are we have been under reporting deaths i mean uh, suddenly they've owned up because i think there's some un- unaccounted for deaths but this is happening in other parts of the world the delhi fracas of the deputy chief minister saying we'll have 5 lakh cases by the end of july and we need yeah. 80000 beds yeah how good or bad in your reporting and in your you know scrutinizing this space in the last couple of months is are there any outliers within india on good and bad and are we any different from many other parts of the world on how we are dealing with this
0: outliers in terms of good and bad um, i think everybody is doing badly and uh, you know as much as my job as a journalist i get paid to throw stones at other people and it's uh, that way it's fun and it's easy i often try to think about whether i would have done a better job and uh, we we i mean you know and i think even with uh, you know other discussions we're having On racial injustice, I think there's one sort of thing that's coming across clearly. It's that systems are actually not designed to succeed. Systems are designed very much in ways that they fail by default. So it's not an enviable situation anybody is in. Anybody who's having to deal with this is in. What I think is positive really is when People fail, which I expect them to do, and I don't think it's terrible if somebody's failed, but I I appreciate more when people take it constructively. So I think just from uh, stuff that I've been tweeting this morning, Tamil Nadu and Karnataka have both, uh, after taking feedback and, you know, critical journalism that is exposed, underreporting and things like that, both these states have decided that they will uh, do things like uh, death audits and they will continue to scrutinize uh, ILI and Sari cases, which can be presumed to be uh, covid cases in this in this situation so i much uh, you know prefer when states take it constructively because i'm not shocked uh, or upset or outraged as much as they fail but i'm more upset when they don't take it constructively and you know don't try to fix things so um, yeah so nobody's doing well but i'm happy to see at least uh, certain states are looking to fix things
1: i see and this the patients are paying more in covid times there was a debate on this on television, which are not necessarily the most informed spaces anyway. But mm-hmm. specifically on this, you know, they kind of presented this binary between either you put up with really horrible treatment in government hospitals, or in fact, the anchor used the word get fleeced by private practitioners. Mm-hmm. Is it that binary in your reporting? I mean, is, is are there some challenges in healthcare both for the government being understaffed you know, I know uh, some of my nieces and nephews who are practicing and, you know, some of them have just graduated. Some of them graduated five, seven years ago. And um, they would tell me about their... What do you call it after you graduate that one year you have to do? Residency. 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 Now, those, yeah, residen- residency. those yeah. residencies, they say we sometimes wouldn't even sleep like four to six hours a day. They had like... And, you know, they're in emergency rooms. Whether it's Safdarjung or, you know, any government hospital. So, is it that binary? And if that is, should... I mean, I I read a piece today that should India just, you know, go the Sweden way and go, you know, hope for karma best and try for herd immunity because we are screwed. We will not be able to handle the volume that will come. How, I mean, are are these all extremist positions or is this the reality?
0: I think it's a lot grayer than the binary. The binary is a useful shorthand. And uh, by and large, I think uh, the broad trend of it, I think in some ways does uh, confirm the binary. But I think it can be a lot grayer. So this idea that you get good treatment in the private sector, but you will get fleeced. And then you'll get poor treatment in the public sector, but you will not be paying much for it. That's not entirely true because some of our best doctors are actually in the public health uh, uh, mm. space. And that's for a number of reasons. I mean, you know, I, I've been reporting on healthcare for so many years. And I remember uh, a report I did many years ago at Outlook magazine was essentially about how medical colleges in India are teaching shops where you're buying your degree and these are doctors who are not getting to see any patients at all because their medical colleges are not attached to a hospital or their medical colleges are in the middle of a field, uh, you know, where there, is, there are no patients around to be coming there. So these private sector doctors are not actually getting to see patients. Um, and so your doctors in the public health sector, sure, they're overwhelmed. Uh, but that also means that they're seeing a lot more cases uh, and are just much more experienced. I mean, their clinical judgment is so much sharper and richer. So it's not true that you'll get bad treatment in the public health sector. It won't be comfortable treatment, but it won't necessarily be clinically bad treatment. Um, And in the private sector, uh, the feeling of being fleeced is not a, is not really just a feeling. It's also true or rather there's no way to disprove it because it's so difficult to audit and get any accountability from the private sector. So I have a story that's uh, currently being edited and will probably go out in a few days, maybe next week. Uh, But Uh, looking at private sector bills and I'm seeing, uh, you know, PPs currently are being charged to patients at anything from about 4,000 rupees a day to up to 10,000 rupees a day at Gangaram in, you know, in Delhi. Nanavati is charging about 8,900 rupees a day. Now, PPs are not that expensive and the prices have been coming down over time. So Mm. either you're charging patients for a large number of PPs, in which case I as a patient have no way to audit or get any accountability about whether so many PPs needed to be used or you're using a small number of PPs, but using a very expensive type of PP. Now the government has prescribed the rational, uh, where the government has put out a protocol on the rational use of PPs in the sense that PP shouldn't be used irrationally. But as a patient, I don't know, did 10,000 rupees worth of PPs needed to be used on me? And how is it that every day there's a flat rate of 10,000 rupees? You know? So uh, so this this feeling that the private sector is policing us is born out of very real uh, examples uh, you know, and trends and I was just talking to a doctor from Gangaram last week. Uh, you know, I so th- so he actually did this very same thing that you are talking about. He said, you know, it's expensive in the private sector, but look at the treatment outcomes. So hmm. essentially, suggesting that your treatment outcome will be better in the private sector, not so good in the public sector. But is that
1: backed by data? Is there any data to suggest? I
0: mean, this is something that I do need to look at. I, I, I don't know whether we've had robust studies looking at treatment outcomes. Uh, but then, you know, the counter question I put to him is that you know, when the private sector says that we need to bill you about 20,000 rupees a day if you if you need ICU treatment, how is it that the public sector is then just absorbing all this? So the, the, the range cannot be this much. So when the private sector says, and you know, Fiki put out a, an, an analysis uh, last week, also tie, you know, kind of explaining how much ICU treatment will need to cost, how many PPs need to be used. How is it that they are saying that uh, this is the best price we can offer you And then the public sector is what, like totally absorbing this. So this extremity cannot be possible either, you know. And so you're right to say that this is working in binaries and this is working in extremities. The problem is we like the, the situation is much more grey, much more complex and somewhere in the middle. But we're not able to arrive at that middle because we don't have enough accountability. We don't have enough transparency from either the private or the public sector. So you know, we only have these kind of extremes to go by. And then these extremes start to confirm a trend. And then this is what we believe.
1: And I had one more question and Anu can weigh in on that. And then maybe the rest of the panel could also weigh in. Yeah. This Manish Sasodia saying that after they said that Delhi should be for Delhi residents only... And I believe Karnataka was already doing that. They weren't admitting people from Kerala who were coming Mm -hmm. across the border. Uh, So there was a precedence, apparently. And when the left-wing governor overruled that decision, Manish Asodia's press conference saying that by July 31st, expect 5 lakh cases and 80,000 beds. Was he just saying, okay, you will not let us do this. Now let us spread panic. Is that Uh what he was doing? or Is that a fairly accurate and fair statement to make?
0: Um, I won't hazard a guess on the rate of growth or the, or the, or the numbers. I won't hazard a prediction. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the political undertone or the political subtext of what he was saying, I'm not sure. In the sense, this is like, but either ways, it's not a helpful situation for the public because on the one hand, you want to keep saying that there's no community transmission. Don't now, panic. About this community but then there's a saying panic. Is-
1: Do, don't panic, but panic.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of that mixed signal, which is just uh, not a good place to be in. And so, this community transmission thing is actually more a political call. I mean, it should be a purely scientific call, but it essentially, you know anywhere in the world, it's a political call. So they're refusing to take that political call because perhaps it is linked to panic, but also perhaps it would have to be an admission of failure because to say there's community transmission means to say it's not in our hands anymore. Mm. Uh, so you don't. So I don't know how concerned they are about not spreading panic. Maybe they just don't want to say that you know are bad. Uh, hmm. so you don't want to admit community transmission but you want to say that we're going to have 5 lakh cases which is a really really crazy number uh, right. so yeah i mean the political analysis of it and the mathematical predictions both of these i really can't say but i can say this much that you're you know the government is sending out mixed signals and that's not that's not helpful
1: miraj what is your view although uh, i will say that Satyendra jain has said that community is transmitting it but does that yeah. mean there's community transmission that only the center can yeah. say? Because that's a technical. Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the <laughs> thing about community transmission. I mean, we also, uh, you know, when the government was regularly holding press conferences, which it is not anymore, we were. This question was coming up, and in the same press conference, different reporters would ask the same question in different ways, and it was. Getting kind of annoying. But then I realized after attending many press conferences and hearing this question asked so many times and the government ducking it uh, every single time. But the right way to ask this question is, don't use this big bad word of community transmission at all, but ask the government, so have you traced all the contacts? And if the government says, "Uh, you know, we've not, that essentially means you can't, the government can't authoritatively say that there is no community transmission. And I think Satyendra Jain saying that we haven't been able to trace all the contacts is an admission that uh, I mean, which means you, they cannot also say that there's no community transmission. You know, either one of these things has to be true. Uh, both can't be true.
4: Meera Jyotik, Anu. So I had a question. So you talked about the private hospitals charging like bizarre sums. So the other day I read about this hospital in Mumbai. I think. So which put out this uh, note saying that every COVID patient who stays in the hospital, like one day charges is like 70,000 or whatever. But the minimum charge doesn't matter how many days you stay in the hospital. The minimum charge will be 3 lakh rupees. So the immediate uh, solution to all these problems is... To cap prices, but the government hasn't been doing that. So from your contacts in the industry and in the government, why has that not happened? I mean, even with the test, ICMR first said 4,500 rupees, right? And then later they said, okay, this is too much. So this isn't like it's it isn't as expensive, but they still refuse to cap the prices. Why has that not happened?
0: Yeah, so I've, uh, in the last piece, the one that Abhinandan flagged off, I uh, you know, explored this and the previous chairperson of the NPPA, the Pharmaceutical Pricing Authority, who was the guy who did all of that uh, amazing stuff about stent price capping and uh, capping the prices of uh, uh, orthopedic implants. uh, He kind of explained the situation. It is a complex situation in India, but uh, it's not something that cannot be cracked. So, you know, Kejriwal, for example, also kind of going hammer and tongs on private hospitals, which he's done in the past also in 2017, when there was this whole uh, furor over private hospitals pricing, he suddenly, you know, I think shut down Max Hospital and, you know, said he'll take over. Now, the thing is, actually, Kejriwal can, uh, you know, under your state clinical establishment acts, the power to fix the prices of treatment in hospitals, which which are in the jurisdiction of a particular state, is with the state government and it's not with the central government. So uh, we look to the central government for a lot of these things. The central government can do certain things. In a sense, the NPPA can do certain things, but then the NPPA can cap the prices on drugs and devices. uh, Yeah, the input costs uh, of Yeah,
1: right. Not not as the actual treatment. But your
0: package costs, your treatment costs, your service charges, all of these kind of things that come with hospitalization and inpatient work, that has to be done by state governments, uh, which is why the Tamil Nadu government has actually done that. They've issued a circular. Uh, capping the prices of hospital treatments, but uh, you know nobody else is doing that. So to answer your question, price capping and regulation is possible. We have to know who we're asking for what kind of regulation, uh, you know, and where we're seeking accountability and where we're putting the blame.
1: Raman sir, so what is your take? do You think Manish's that press conference was a bhadasne nikalne wala press conference, or was he actually preparing? No, us?
0: It, his statement had a
2: political uh, undercurrent. LG made a statement that uh, they, they just overruled the state government. So they just wanted to tell the public, see, this is a situation. And in case in case you do not agree to what we are saying, the be ready for, deli- this. Deli- yeah, be ready for this. So I think it was basically uh, his reaction to what LG said. Also, I mean, the best thing is they said that we will try, now Now we have a bigger challenge and we will try to, you know, implement what LG has said.
4: But the proposal itself was like really shameful that we'll keep yes. treatment only Delhi for, Delhi for Delhi people. Yes. Yeah. So if you look through the list of documents they have suggested for like showing your proof mm. of residence, the only person who won't have any of those documents is a poor person. Mm. So you're criminalizing poor for being poor. If you want, you can maybe make calls here and there and everything and maybe try and get that document somewhere but a poor person, no, no, especially money. in these times it's like very difficult. No, I, I know many
2: it. people like Manisha who are here working for the past 10 years, they don't have documents. Because That's have true. They don't I have
3: chosen my permanent address as Dehradun. Yeah. Like Raman sir was saying that I have been here for 10 years but I have consciously chosen not to change my address and keep it to Deradun. my permanent address So and I have kept my voting also in Deradun. So essentially, I don't have, and my lease, and they're not accepting lease. No, I'm saying okay.
4: the rental, if I have place a lease,
2: cannot, a rental place cannot. Rental yeah. place cannot be your permanent address.
3: Yes, yeah, but too,
4: yeah. even so, for people like who have a little bit of privilege, who can make calls, who can go to officials, you can still maybe get get or one of get these documents.
0: Yeah, yeah. no, but
3: private one. hospitals was included in this. Yeah, okay, private and hmm. government.
0: So, but yeah, I think I, I think what Kejriwal has done, I also see it as a political kind of score that he may have tried to make, but it's a dicey thing that he tried because it could backfire for the simple reason of what you what we're all talking about, which is that very few of us, even people like people who've been living in Delhi for years, will have the, you know the things that he's asking for. And I think we've seen this with the Aadhaar situation also. Your, you know your uh, person who's been living in Delhi for twenty years could land up at the hospital and find out that he or she is not eligible. So what Kejriwal is suggesting could totally backfire, although he gets to posture himself as, hey, Delhi, people, I try to do this for you. And, you know, if you don't get treatment, blame it on UP. But it's very possible that someone who's been living here for 20 years will also be denied treatment. I also think
1: it has... No one pointed out the contradiction in what he had said earlier uh, in an earlier press conference, and he has this very earnest and sincere, heartfelt way of delivering many lines, that how can you refuse treatment to someone who comes to the hospital? You cannot refuse treatment no matter whether they can pay, whether they cannot pay. If someone needs treatment, no. a hospital cannot turn them away. And he wags his finger and saying, dunga. <laughs> how can you turn a person away who needs treatment? Whether you're private, whether they can pay for it. Ham paisa, hum. Remember that? Uh-huh. Th- I mean, so doesn't yeah. this go contrary? To- so if he has said that in the press conference that you cannot deny, it, then how can he say that you can deny? So what is it?
3: I think the way AAP has dealt with this uh, coronavirus situation in Delhi is really pathetic, especially considering the major plank before election was healthcare and education. There's a very good piece in the Express and I'll link to it, which explains that basically during this lockdown, this three-month, almost three-month lockdown, what states had to do was prepare for the spike and there are they've given numbers on how mumbai has prepared the number of covid centers they've set up the beds they've set up the additional facilities they've done and you compare it to the delhi numbers it's really bad so i think what they they just didn't prepare and now it's easy for their sort of politics to just find a common scapegoat or an enemy and private hospitals are perfect totally fits into the Ahmadmi, you know profile no, i see i see to just say yeah, private uh, wale uh, chor hai but no, no, I, in I, ne kuch hai. no i see and this and one more thing i wanted to add i think the fir against gangaram was just pathetic i think it was shocking that you would go after a hospital sure there was a lapse and there was a com- miscommunication and this gangaram said that okay we didn't do it but we'll start doing it well, but to uh, file an fir but
1: i have a view on that during this on time, that specific one but i'll just come to that so you, you were know, saying
2: no i i see this mismanagement because the politicians they, they just want to have an upper hand in this crisis. So these are the people who are addressing most of the... I think I, I I see the Kerala model where the health minister and the chief minister kept a very low profile mm. and they let the professionals work. Mm. So this is not happening in Delhi. Okay, so uh, and, and even at the center level, I mean, the prime minister is addressing you yes, know the I issue mean, I, I have some
3: even uh, disbanded the five member committee and they've got some no. other mm-hmm. people who are not even mm-hmm. so actually so what you're
1: talking about healthcare I am hopefully if this lead leads to someone who's willing to talk to us there's a story in AIMS, which is a fairly big one of, of how the, the politicians are completely yeah. making it difficult for healthcare professionals to work. But on your specific one, on the specific Gangaram case, I am mean just many of our listeners may not know exactly what is the pachada. In Delhi right now, if you are tested COVID positive, the government machinery takes over. It's not up to you, I'll go to XYZ. Because of the limited number of beds and resources, they have COVID care centres, they have hospitals or they have home quarantine depending on your circumstance and your symptoms. So, the moment a lab tests you positive, that lab report is supposed to go straight to the government. I think they're called nodal officers, zonal officers, I'm not sure. I think nodal officers. Nodal officers. So, the nodal officer of your node will come with the doctor, take what your symptoms are. If you are fairly okay, they will prescribe home quarantine if you need to be taken and medical supervision, but you don't need respirator and all, then they take you to a COVID care centre. And there are quite a few in Delhi. And if you need hospitalisation, they take you to a hospital. Because right now, a lot of people who don't need hospitalisation because they say oh, COVID process they'll up in hospital and they've occupied a bed, mm. which they don't really need. Because, you know, our own colleague, uh, you know, she didn't need more to oh. and And, you know, hopefully tomorrow she's coming back home, so she's fine. So, someone like that shouldn't occupy a bed in case someone who genuinely needs a bed, needs a bed. So, a lot of labs were not transmitting this information or they were doing it 72 hours late. So there were a lot of people who got COVID positive. They were sitting home waiting for the nodal officer to show up but the nodal officer didn't show up because the details had not been sent to the nodal officer because the lab as long as they've got their 4,500 rupees they've just either they won't send it or in some cases they were sending Abhinandan Sekri 46 years old. Bus. Ab now, <laughs> Abhinandan sekri address? What's hai? phone number? Kya hai? They're supposed to send an address, phone number. They were given three warnings. They did not... Now, if let's say I don't pay my service tax, the finance minister ministry will give me three warnings. After that, you think they'll let me carry on because you have to employ these 50 people. We won't, shut your, we won't freeze your accounts because you have to pay their salaries. My fucking account will be frozen Yeah, I think the... And that Gangaram doctor, not Amrish Satvik, who I think is an amazing guy, but the other one who said, Sir, Gangaram will be turning in his grave. He turned down office from Pakistan to serve India. And now, Mother India, you are treating them like that. Dude, so take ca- a chill pill. Yeah? I mean, either you follow the system because when no one th- comes to your house to pick you up, no one's going to blame Ganga Ram. Na? You're going to blame the state. You are not sending address, phone number. You're not even sending the report. In three days, that guy is sitting in the hospital. Fourth day, if he's critical, who takes responsibility? Kejriwal or Ganga Ram? So
3: in this case, from what I read in the news reports, was that they were not using the RT-PCR app while collecting COVID samples. This app is fairly new, if I'm not mistaken, Anu. I mean, how long is have they got this app? Would you know? The app is a new one. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's a new system. You've just got it. Sure, there may have been some laps. And, you know, there was a communication right in the evening by the hospital saying that, you know, there's been a miscommunication and we'll start using it. It doesn't merit an FIR during a pandemic. It doesn't merit, I mean, a state mm, government going after a
5: hospital.
3: I don't think any other state has done it. Some but penalty. I think I apps mean, politics is based on, you know, the I mean, find I mean, an I, enemy. You may say that, sure,
1: there was, you know, maybe they should not file an FIR. But this whole thing that the hospitals are doing a great job and it is just the Delhi, I, because I know of enough cases where people are sitting home, waiting for them to show up and you so, know, the lab report I mean, what is the penalty? I mean, you I'm asking, be- do, do you seal the lab? Do you freeze their accounts? What, in your view, is a penalty that should be given to such a lab? Let's think of it. It's
3: one.
2: not a major. Problem.
3: I mean, not using an app. I think it's, it's a minor. I mean, problem. you send them and you send them stern warnings. And yeah, yeah. I mean, they were so, anyways. So they sent. After three
2: warnings, warnings, if they don't, then they send seal them, them. Then then warnings. What? Seal then what? them them. Okay. So, so over
5: oh, not using an app, but it's
1: not about using an app. You're, <laughs> this you're, I'm talking about Gangaram's case. Yeah, but the case is what is the app for? It is to communicate this information so that it can be done.
3: I know, but it's going to take some time when you have a new system for everyone to start following it and but others have a streamline are following in it. Place. Other
1: hospitals are following it. Why? I mean, are you that thick that you can do heart surgery but you can't? You can't figure I out. Don't app-
4: I don't no, know. I don't know, Also, a, one of the biggest problems like India's response to this has been so bad is because protocols have not been followed anywhere mm. like the when the first thing started the first thing that needed to be done was give pp equipment and all the other facilities to healthcare workers that was not done aims has apparently 400 till now medic, yeah medical uh, uh, staff that have tested positive inside a hospital and because they never got this strike? this is all across the country and you have to buy testing kits from china
1: you screw it up big time and you don't have testing kits, mm. you don't have service. So this has been a problem throughout. Yeah, and I think they've had enough time to actually set systems in place and that every government is responsible. But, but know- going to
4: the, sorry, going to back to the proposal of the Delhi government, there's another problem which like mm. a bigger problem, it's a nationwide problem is that your healthcare infrastructure your edu- higher education infrastructure like pretty much all infrastructure is concentrated in big cities. Mm. So if Delhi starts doing this, Mumbai starts doing this, which means like you're say, UP and Bihar and all the other, especially in North India, they don't have anything. Where do they go?
1: Right, yeah. Yeah, Anu, you want to weigh in on any of that?
0: Whether or not they should have filed an FIR on Gangaram or, you know, now this, you know, Medanta Narish is being investigated. You know, if you've done something bad, by all means be investigated. My problem is this kind of uh, political and selective use of the law, this arbitrary use of the law, the old maxim about justice not just being done, but also being seen to be done. And I feel like for... Not just, on, not, not just on coronavirus and the, the health situation, but from what we've been seeing over the last six months since December, the state is trying very hard to make us believe that some sort of justice is being uh, you know, done when they want us yeah. to receive that message. My problem is with the selective, arbitrary, rationalist uh, use of the law to uh, score politically.
1: Right. So um, uh, this is a good time for me to also quickly tell all our listeners that we have an NL Sena project that is being done on exactly this selective use of law, which is the Delhi riots case, uh, just the way the charge sheets are being framed, the way the FIR has been filed. In fact, even the timeline that has been presented by the Delhi police. We're working on an NL Sena story, and this NL Sena project was filled up in record time, I think in three days. So, thank you all who've contributed. Because it is only because of the funds that you give that we can do the reporting we do. Like, I think in less than three days, it was topped up. And usually takes like eight to 10 days for an NLCNA project to get topped up. So thank you all. Uh, just want to tell you that report is being worked on. It is not going to be a, like a 10-day, two-week report. It will take a good 20-25 days because we're going to try to examine each FIR that we can examine in Delhi. Super important. So yeah, thank super you. Super important. That, thank yeah. you for that. And thank you, Anu. Before I let you go, I had uh, one suggestion and one question. One was, sure. you know, when you spoke about that, even amongst us, you know, the systems are so broken that no matter how good your intention, w- whether it is reporting on healthcare or when we give suggestions, there's a really good, in your former organization, it's it's a podcast called the Minnesota Paradox. And it gives mm-hmm. you the example yeah. of Minnesota, which is actually on, when you if you are an Excel sheet kind of person, on mm-hmm. every other parameter, it is one of the better performing cities, states, uh, regions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Because they're twin cities. There's Minnesota and the other cities, Saint Paul and Minneapolis. The Minnesota's twin cities is called Saint Paul and Minneapolis. These are the two. Saint Paul is the capital,
4: and Minneapolis is the.
1: On every other parameter, it is better on race. Whether it is economic indicators, whether it is wealth indicators, but systemically, just who has more lobbying power to decide whether a highway passes through a low a black neighborhood or a white neighborhood, completely turned around. How basically how what the prospects of that community were so uh I, I mean what you're talking about it's a fantastic podcast you should listen to it and secondly i, will, I, will. I want to ask you and be honest you don't want to be polite or anything when i said uh, that's quite a resume for your age i could <laughs> tell you were offended was it because i was being ageist or sexist because as an uncle i need to be explained
5: these things
0: <laughs> i wasn't offended but uh because i mean i care less about these things uh, now and i feel like it uh, reflects less on me and more on the person who makes these comments. Okay. Uh, so I wasn't offended. But like, I feel like it's important to just say that because I am now in a position where, you know, if like like today I said something random on Twitter about Apache Indian. And some dude said uh, something about Apache helicopters or planes or whatever it is. And I said, no, haha, I'm talking about Apache Indian, the musician. And then he replies to me and he says, yes, young lady. I'm fully aware. I also <laughs> listen to Miles <laughs> Davis. I'm like, <laughs> you know, are you judging And I want to be like, uh, so should I call you uncle? Like, should I reply to him and be like, okay, old man, good for you that you listen to my experience. So, you know, and I don't want to do that because for me, that's, uh, I don't want to comment on his age. I want to just talk to him as a dude who interacted with me. I'm not concerned about his gender, age or sexual orientation, but he is very concerned about my age. Hmm. So um, I'm not offended by these things anymore, but I can, I I mean, there was a time when I was, or it would prick me more. And I know that if maybe someone who was younger and had done less time in the system would probably be rattled and would be a bit thrown off and would suddenly feel insecure in this conversation because they'll be like, oh, I'm actually really young. And do I have a, uh, you know, purpose or a place to be here? So, yeah. So no, not offended. So that's but, where it comes yeah.
5: All
1: right, thank you. Continue with your great work and we look forward to your thank stories you. on health reporting. I think this is the beat that should have been most important for all our lives. But for once yeah. in the news cycle of the world, this is the top story the world over. This
0: is it. Health report in the middle of a pandemic. Crazy place
1: to be in. Yes. All right, Anu, take care. Okay. Well
0: you have you a guys. recommendation. Thanks Sorry, before you. you go,
1: you have a recommendation for our audience before we say goodbye.
0: Recommendation for the audience. Um I have been re-reading my very slim copy. It's a slim copy. Everybody should pick it up. It's Angela Davis, uh, Our Prisons Obsolete, and Navayana, the fabulous anti-caste publisher in India, brings out this book. It's it's a slim book. And I think we've been seeing with the what's happening with Black Lives Matter... Uh, strangely, we have more of a race consciousness and, a, and an anti-racism consciousness in India, and we don't have that consciousness when it comes to caste. To the point that even celebrities who normally don't have political views can muster it up and say, uh, you know, racism bad, but can't muster it up to say casteism bad. Uh, and I think you know, there's there's, uh, there's a, a young uh, there's a woman I follow on, on on Twitter, and she she tweeted quite rightly. She said, you know, why can't our celebrities be Vocal for local. So uh, I think it's, you know, whichever way you reach it, I think it's, I think this moment is very important for us in India, where we are somehow really understanding or grappling with uh, the race situation in the US. But I think it's so valuable for us to be self-reflexive about it and grapple with what uh, you know, those, those, those same arguments, those same philosophies and, and and uh, you know, uh, spiritual truths about racism, if, if we transpose it and we apply it and we're self-reflective of it in our own context of caste. So I'm happy that we're having this uh, moment in the country and I just hope we have it more. So I'm currently uh, reading Angela Davis on uh, Our Prisons Obsolete, but also check out everything else that Navayana does because they're a great publishing house. Uh, based in
1: India. All right. Thank you. And do uh, to the best of Manager India Spend also, I think, takes public contributions. So yes. if you guys want to change the news model, you have been extremely generous and kind to News Laundry. Check out India Spend. Support independent media because when the public pays, the public is served. When advertisers pay, advertisers served. Thank you, Anu. Have a great day. Take care of yourself.
0: Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Bye.
1: Now, I'd like to discuss A, the JNK media policy and what it means for the rest, including this tender that has been floated. I don't want to talk about the racism issue. But first, uh, this Assam story is pretty big. Maybe uh, we'll get something on this. Uh, Miraj what is this uh, fire that is there and apparently it can be seen from like towns miles away. It's it's huge.
4: So it's basically a blowout. So there's this uh, Bhagjan oil field in uh, Tinsukia district. It's in upper Assam. They have lots of oil uh, fields there. So this one particular well, well number 5, they were trying to work it over, Work, work do a work over. Work over means basically to extend the life of that well. So its supply had become erratic so they were trying to work it over. And during the process it started leaking gas. That was two weeks ago. Exactly two weeks ago on Tuesday. And then they tried to sort of plug it. Did whatever works they had to did, do. But on Tuesday I mean the experts are saying you can't locate one particular cause. But one immediate reason was that the plug they had put in uh, it's called a blow blowout plug. They had put in. It's basically a cemented cap to stop the flow of the gas that blew over and obviously because you have gas flowing uncontrollably and you have all kinds of machinery around so it only needs a little bit of friction to Hmm, catch fire so and the blaze started and now they have been trying to douse the flames but it will at least take a month so this oil field is that's what they are saying at least a month because another problem is oil India they have been having these problems for a long time the blowouts and stuff and in 2005 or before that they had sort of come out with this policy that will try to develop in-house expertise to manage these things to respond to these things but apparently they still haven't done it that's why they have to flow in experts from singapore they have some equipment but to manage it the whole thing they have to get in experts from singapore to tackle this problem so this oil field is right on the edge of the Dibru saikhova national park i hope i pronounced that right Mm. And the problem is now that this has become uncontrollable and a lot of houses have also been gutted in the area. And because, I mean, they're saying it'll it'll take a week at least. So you not just have the human cost, two firefighters have died, not just the human cost, not just the economic cost, but you also have
1: likely very, very... Ecological Ecological, damages. very, very... But do we damage, know the...
4: Ecological e- damage in the... But is there a count
1: park? right now of how many people have actually perished in that or not yet? Two people. Two, two people.
4: firefighters have died so far. At yes. least that's what the new. we have news so but far. But I'm
1: sure that the fumes and all will have some long-term impact on the villages and the towns around. I mean, some
4: uh, houses have already been gutted, the mm. people around them. And the fields are obviously useless right. for now. And the flora and fauna of the wildlife is also pretty much... A lot of it has been damaged. And the problem is because... I mean, they don't have that expertise right now to control it. it and the risk is that if it spreads, because there are other oil wells around, then it'll become a really Whoa. big disaster. A
1: disaster. This is a huge disaster, man. I mean, again, it doesn't get the kind of play because it is an SM. But if something of this scale happened anywhere within, let's like, say, you know, UP. 300 kilometers around Delhi, would have become people-live.
3: It would have been people-live.
1: <laughs> now, I have a couple of announcements before we. Start discussing the media, you know, stories that I want to discuss, that we all want to discuss, actually. One is how to download and access Hafta. Many of you, ever since you moved to this new hosting platform for our podcasts, are not being able to download it. I'll just go over how you do it. Now there is a download link that is added to the beginning of all Hafta pieces on the newslawny.com window. So you go to that download link. And you can access the episode offline. So you can stream the episode by clicking on the play icon on the audio embed in the piece. But we recommend you download it and you can listen to it offline unhindered. And like I said, this experience will become better and better when you move to the new website. Also, it'll start off from where you left off. We will have all that stuff. But this is how you listen to it offline. You can also play it natively in your browser through apps like Google Play, Apple, Amazon, etc. That way your player will remember the time slots. So right now, through these Podcast platforms, that function is already there, that when you pause, it'll start off from where you had stopped listening to it. But that'll be available on even our if you're listening to it from the news laundry window. And some of you clicked on the episode a little inside the Acast and wrote saying you can't download the file. That's because clicking on the title leads to the show page. I repeat, download the episode from the link in the hafta piece on our window. So if you're listening on your desktop and want to stream it, there's always the play button, but downloading is the best way for now. Also, a subscriber shout-out, Inderpreet. Hey, thanks, Inder. Uh, he saw some of our home-produced videos and the ground reports and suggested we should use better mics, offering to buy the equipment. Uh, he made a contribution, and we've been able to order lapel mics. I think we've ordered four or five, Aditya. How many have we ordered? We've ordered yeah, uh, I'm not sure about the number. So our reporters and panelists will soon have those mics. So when they go out, the audio will be better. Thanks to Inder. Thanks, Inder, for chipping in and helping to keep news independent and free so that... No big advertiser has to pay for this. And I just have two emails because there's so many emails. First of all, guys, I will not be able to read so many emails every week because the emails are, you know, 400, 500 words. And now we get like a dozen emails every, you know, week. And I don't like to select just three because then those that weren't selected say why wasn't my selected. So I'm going to read a bit from everyone. But going forward, when you write us emails, if you could make it like 100 words, Bullet points of what you think is what is right and what is wrong. But if you have a long critique, we can also publish as an article. In which case, I won't read it out. We can just publish the longer ones. This email is by Mahendra Varma. Hello, NL team. I want to appreciate Anand's commentary on the troubles faced in migrant camps in the last episode. We all know these incidents are happening every day in India, but it's good to look at these incidents in unison. And Anand always seems to give voice to these incidents. Abhinandan was saying that he would like to ask a police officer about retaliation during an unnecessary escalation by the police. Why don't you invite some retired officer or even someone active in duty and ask a question on Hafta? Well, Mahendra, thank you for your support. First of all, thank you for the mail. I uh, The Hafta is only for columnists and journalists. For cops and stuff, we have a format called the NL Interview. But I will ask that. And in fact, I'm thinking of uh, this uh, media rumble, which is going to be a digital one. We have a session with the police. So there I think I'll ask the whole panel because there'll be a few policemen. Let's see what they say. Or do they beat me up? And Webhav Divedi says, I was a subscriber a year ago when I was a grad student. I stopped subscribing when my income dried up and because I found some of the views moderately objectionable. I decided to resubscribe thanks to Abhinandan's staunch defense of not having angry right-wing voices on their platform. The bellicose shouting of people like Mitra and the like should be shunned. I don't understand why... Well-to-do Indians love the idea of political neutrality. I hypothesize that it stems from upper caste philosophy of maintaining a veneer of neutrality because politics is for the middle class. Talking about caste, I appreciate having a panelist who talks about how caste can and should be used to understand modern-day Indian culture. I don't think our education system does justice to that, to the history of caste in India. For example, growing up in a Brahmin household, I knew to dislike Ambedkar before and I knew what caste was. So yeah, and he said, "P.S. I joined the highest possible monetary limit because of Abhinandan abusing Ayer Mitra. It touched my heart. Keep it up. <laughs> I hope you guys do a topic on the Urs at Hazrat Amir Khosro. Maybe invite a guest over. So thanks. I I don't think I abused him, bro. I mean, I I may be wrong because my mouth is quite foul. But on Twitter, I make it a point not to abuse. But uh, you just
3: called him a coward and a sociopath or something. It's something not
1: abusive, abusive at all. <laughs> not at all. Not at all abusive. <laughs>
3: just really fine. Fine engagement.
1: And one critical email uh, before we move on. This is from Vijay. He says, this letter has been written thrice because previous versions sounded too angry. Thanks, Vijay. I, I appreciate it. It took Why? the time and effort.
3: You should not. Uh, I mean, I'm surprised we have... but you as the host, no one should ever have second thoughts about sounding angry or insulting. What is that supposed to mean? You've set the benchmark so high that nothing can like... How dare you! <laughs> nothing can shock us
1: so mostly I was irritated by your response to Gaurav Lele's letter which I read with agreement while Gaurav can defend himself let me critique your reply
3: good hafta communities making connections through letters
1: Abhinandan they have money more money than us and then a rant about how awful Anand R was is Mehraj not having an ideology is also an ideology as if this is somehow profound <laughs> what was missing was any acknowledgement that your subscribers expect better from you and not, not quite living up to our expectations. We don't expect you to spend a ton of money, but we do expect that you spend our money well. The impression I'm getting is a certain intellectual laziness in your reportage and editorial. Please contrast your Central Vista article with your initial NL Sena projects on communism in Kerala or the Kavari Chronicles. Those were stories I was proud to contribute to because they were well-researched, extensive, and beautifully produced. In the Central Vista project, instead, all your tables were seemingly made by cam scanner. The story itself presents one side, and I see no effort to push back on the opinions expressed by the people interviewed. It is as if an editorial decision was made that it is a bad thing and that was it. To be honest, I renew my subscription every year and think I will continue to do so because I have drunk the Kool-Aid of your model (laughs) for your (laughs) Delhi Riot coverage and because I believe you do listen to feedback (laughs) and try to correct. That is why I am disappointed by the finger-pointing response to Gaurav's letter. Please prove this letter wrong. First of all, thanks uh, Vijay and you should not, at any stage, no matter how uh, aggressive my response, uh, you should not feel inhibited in counter responding you or Gaurav any of our subscribers you should see some of the conversations we have in office except that we don't say tu desh drohi hai, or, tu <laughs> Madar hai, or whatever. we don't go that far but we have what? spirited disagreements <laughs> what what is <laughs> mother ja-
2: what is mother ja-
3: oh that is it, it is like a
1: the... it's a general it's a blank like in Scrabble okay. you can add anything there so Vijay uh, two things I think you may have conflated two or three issues when I spoke about the money that was Gaurav's, you know, view of the amount of stuff we do and the how extensive it is. So, I mean, just to give you an idea, we have, I don't know, so 15 pieces a day, 10 to 15 pieces, Miraj? Depends. Less, some days less, less, some think. days more so We our desk is three desk editors. That's actually two and a half. One of them is very young under training by the Able Miraj. So these three people, they are they are one filter, editorial filter. So whatever reports come, have to go through them. Very often they have to rewrite the whole thing. So when I say resources. I'm talking about how many pieces go. Like, for example, we can't do a piece on, uh, you know, Dokulam or Ladakh or any, A, we don't have the resources to send a reporter there. General Panag used to write for us. Now he writes for the print. You know, I, I mean, I have the utmost respect for General Panag, but we cannot match what the print can give him. And while he had a regular column with us, you know, he decided to move to Shekhar's platform. So that's fine. So when it comes to the amount of pieces we have and the amount of coverage we have, it is always going to be limited. So that is why I was talking about resources. Resources does not necessarily reflect quality; it reflects quantity and the amount of issues you can pick up. So there, I think you may have mixed up two issues that I was talking about. The second, I agree with you on the Central Vista story, and I will also tell you why, and I will let Raman and Miraj address it as well. When you went to Kerala, the communist part side was speaking to us; the RSS side was speaking to us. They were saying, "Hamara Ye view hai." They were saying, "Hamara view hai." Here, no one from the government or any decision maker who is batting for Central Vista. Wanted to talk to us. And we
2: we waited for more than a month for their response. Um, Umpteen number of
1: calls. And and many times they didn't even say we don't want to talk. They said we'll we'll let you know. We'll talk. So they just kept putting us off. So and we could not find any, you know, urban expert who's at least respected like, you know, uh, Gurmeet, Rai and all are were willing to come on record and say no, this is a fantastic project. And if the... The people are doing it, don't want to talk to us. We can't make them.
2: And we tried to balance it, you know, by uh, picking up uh, uh, all the government opinion from their website. Hmm. Because since the government wasn't speaking, so we thought we should at least find out what is their viewpoint, wh- why they want to come up with this project. So we try to balance it that way.
1: And there will always be a difference in the kind of, you know, satisfaction you get from a report because certain reports are different. The cavalry Chronicles was TR awake, Travelling down the Kaveri, talking to households, people, individuals and also there's a lot of archives to go to where this whole dispute started. What is the history? What is the politics? And the Kerala I told you why everyone was willing to talk to us because everybody wanted their side told. Yeah. Many reports don't have that.
3: And Though I do agree with him that um, they it was very well produced which probably center vista wasn't in terms of how it looked. Kaveri was very well produced. but no, we should take feedback. Yeah, I agree that the benchmark finance to be much better.
2: Architects who are for the project, we couldn't we couldn't get any. Yeah, that's what I said.
1: No urban planner was willing to bat for the project. I mean, they may have been one but you say, know, ये This is like putting like that guy who defends the Congress from his car. Matlab, formality ke he says nothing sensible. Right? He's mm-hmm.
4: always in a car.
3: Um, I forget. I did a nuisance on him about the while.
4: like the how it was produced. So hopefully, when we have the new website, because right now our features are very limited. So once we have the new website, we'll be doing a lot of that stuff. As for this particular story, Central Vista, like this angle, why we? I mean, this is an angle because all the stuff we got was from government documents and everything. And the difference, why a story like Kaveri or Kerala, that story appeals gone, to you. because sorry. it's essentially a human story. That is to the at the front of it. This is also a human story in a way, but um, this is all dry. These facts, these buildings, this, this thing. It seems very sort of, it doesn't have that human touch. That is why it's difficult, more difficult to do the story. Yeah, it's not inhabited
2: people. with people. It it, it it has all the government offices. And also the commentary the on it matters. And
1: this is where, you know, our guest for today may not like what I say, but age matters. Kaveri Chronicles was done by uh, someone who's, I think, even older than me. Oh, he yeah, may be around my age. He must be younger than uh, He's oh. maybe younger than me. But he'd be in his 40s. Vivek, yeah. ah. He'd be in his 40s. Ah. Central Lhysa was no, done by... A,
2: 15, 20 years of experience. Yeah, and
1: Central, he's also... Central was done by a reporter who... This was her first job. Less than, less than uh, a year. So Second job. This was her second job, but she's in her early 20s. So that's a big difference. So age does matter. I think experience we could keep matter.
3: that in mind. Maybe ah. we're deep diving and, because...
1: And the Kerala story was done by two reporters. They went together... Um, we had local help from very experienced reporter, and there was our own Amit who was there.
2: We faced another problem in Central Vista hmm. when we started. There was uh, the pandemic wasn't there, but Midway, uh, the huh, when we came. were just picking up the pace, we were picking up the pace. We were locked down, and it, there was a lockdown.
3: No, yeah, on the east thing, yeah, I mean. Uh T.R. Vivek is someone who's very passionate about rivers and especially Kaveri. It's been, it's a, and he's writing a book on it also now. So that also, of course, comes through. It's something that he feels for, that he's traveled mm-hmm. for. And, and many of our SENA so projects really... will be
1: done in-house by young reporters. Uh, and some of them will be outsourced. In fact, we are working on another SENA project with uh, Vivek Call Now that is going to be like a kick-ass piece. But you know who Vivek call is. I mean, you know, he's my age. He's been doing this for the last two, three decades. But there'll be another NLCN app project that may be done by a younger j- reporter but I won't deny him or her that opportunity because many young reporters are passionate about a the report they want to do and they should have the opportunity yeah. to do it.
3: But I, I mean, I get his point. I mean, he, uh, yeah. he needs a good product. He doesn't care about the no, age that's of the true. person. And also, I, and mean, we that's can't, why we I should... mean, he can't fund a passion. I mean, yes. he's funding a report and he wants his value. So I get. I mean, we feedback taken well.
1: Yes,
4: and we should speed up the new website thing because I mean,
1: hopefully, yeah, it. by the end of it. Actually, this uh, this podcast Locha is delaying the website again and again because they can't figure it out because people are managing to breach the paywall, yeah, you know, <laughs> on the podcast because ours is the only one that has podcasts behind the paywall. So all the template websites they have systems where you know like Swaraj, Bloomberg, uh, Business Standard you can keep your articles behind the paywall. But the moment there's a podcast thrown in, uh, they're having some problems. But hopefully it should be sorted within this month. In June, we will have migrated. Uh, Our back-end is already, as you can see, is working well. Front-end experience will also be better. Now, uh, I'd like to start with the senior most amongst us, the theme for today's senior. (laughs) (laughs) On this whole media issue, there are two issues happening simultaneously, sir. One is, in Kashmir, there is this new order which says that government ads will only be given to those, let me in fact quote, it says the new media policy is valid for the next five years. It is introduced and I'm quoting to quote, carry the message of welfare development and progress to the people in an effective manner, unquote. Uh, And again, news that can be identified as quote, fake, plagiarism, unethical, anti-national activities will, uh, you know, not be given advertising. And also there is one quote, that any individual or group engaging in the same will be proceeded against under law. So not only are they saying we won't give you advertising, we will also prosecute you. Hmm. What does this mean? Have, uh, you know, Mehraj, you've grown up in Kashmir, you can tell us how long this was an unwritten code and now it's a written code. But is there any such example of such a rule for news being floated anywhere in
2: a democratic world? I think anybody who will go to the court and considering that the court is independent, uh, it will be struck down straight away. This is in violation of Article 14, Hmm. the freedom of speech. Hmm. Having said that, I think, as I said earlier also, it's a test case for the entire country. It's not just Kashmir. It's not just Kashmir. I tell you, there is a perspective to it. There's a perspective to it because we have been dealing with news and I have worked at 17, 18 places. The last place being... uh, the dna which is the z Group,
5: hmm.
2: i have told earlier also in uh, you know uh, hafta that there was the the the, the subhash Chandra had called a meeting of all the editors where he discussed that all stories which are dealing in with nationalism will go as they are i mean you are not going to criticize them you are not going to get, get a counter view to it hmm. okay all nationalism stories so this is sometime in uh, i think 2015 2016 uh, when the this uh, modi government had come and i had also found out that uh, you know these uh, the media owners and the editors many of them they were in direct touch with the government hmm. so the nationalism agenda
1: that is, that, is the, that
2: is the time when I I, I identified that this is going to be a very big. So if you see from 2014 to 2020, even Atam Nirbhar, which is the latest, is also part of nationalism agenda. And now coming up with a law like this, that they are going to define what is which uh, what is anti-national news, what is uh, unethical news, is going to be is really a very dangerous trend and. Uh, There is a national perspective to it. I think Kashmir is a showcase right now and it will spread over to the entire country.
1: So what are the implications of this? And Miraj, what did you mean in the headlines when you said that this has always been the case?
4: So I'll just give you an example. After 2016, when the Burhanwani thing happened, so there was this one newspaper called Kashmir Reader. They ran a story about a, a family who were taking a patient to hospital because they had been injured and on the way they were stopped by the army and the army men allegedly tried to rape the woman who was in the ambulance but a policeman who was around there were police around and they intervened and they saved the woman this was the story and proper like this one's quote that one's quote for that they were like hauled up the newspaper was banned and this is when the Mahubha Mukti government was there. Hmm. Completely banned. It wasn't like they were told you can't publish. Just like that. Hmm. So it was banned for two months. And then over time, they squeezed out Greater Kashmir also. Other newspapers also just completely stopped giving them ads for six months. And that crushed them. And Kashmir reader pretty much died out. And
1: because they Private sector, so they don't let it prosper no pra- anyway, so yeah, only the no government. Se- can also,
4: have. even if there is a private sector, you can easily tell them, boss, don't give them ads, and nobody will dare give that mm. because of the situation. Then, in the, in this lockdown alone, half a dozen journalists have been questioned for stories, in awkward stories. Four have been charged under UPA, UAPA, which is like an anti terror law. Before that, you talk to any journalist in Kashmir, there's not a single journalist in Kashmir who has not been questioned by police or the army about a story they did or threatened. I, I think I told you a couple of weeks ago yeah. on the Hafta, that I know of a journalist who was alerted right in time by a friend in police, told just run away because people are coming to kill you. Mm. So it's been like that and people have been killed and there are still one journalist who wrote a story about Burhan Wani in a, ma- a magazine. He's right now in jail, Asif Sultan. He's been right. in jail for nearly two years now. So, so this unwritten code has always been there. And how they... Like, they'll just say, okay, you wrote against India. You wrote
1: against the state. Which is such a vague thing. Because, I mean, it's like all the protesters are against USA. I mean, Trump thinks so. Or, you know, the anti-Vietnam protests. But, so when you say that there's a test case for India... You mean that if someone challenges it, then they'll back off? If no one challenges it, your hunch is that they'll do it state by state, they'll introduce one more state, another state?
2: My problem is, the institutions have really weakened. they failed us the completely. They have yeah. really failed us. So I really, I think this is, this will be rejected outrightly. This is against Article 14. But who will uh, challenge
1: the, it in Supreme I Court? I mean,
2: anybody can file an a, a- PIL. say I mean, do it? Yes, And then what will Supreme <laughs> <people> Court <laughs> do? Haan. I mean, it's not just that... doubtful I am doubtful. People can vote the code,
1: but what will the code do? I am do? doubtful. No, no, but... court uh, Supreme Court No, no, no. Maybe
2: next time we can bring some lawyer to speak on this issue.
1: Maybe let's do an NL interview on this. And
2: and And that... Lawyer is going to tell you the there are Previsions. precedents there yeah. are precedents in the past whenever such a thing has come so it has been struck so, down. So you maybe
1: know. it'll be easier for the Supreme Court if they have history to no, go no, by. But no, 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 they, they
2: won't go. That's even, the problem. They, 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 the institutions are. Let's
1: not right, be so really cynical, like sir. There may be some. Even I mean,
4: <laughs> precedents is fine, but they're not like going by that habeas corpus. they not The going whole by idea yes. of habeas corpus yes. is if you arrest somebody because you feel that this he is. Under risk, the state will whatever while it is produced within 24 corpus hours. Is You just produce him within right 24 now, hours. Safadin Saws, who's a Congress leader, who's mm. been an MP, who's been a minister, he has been in custody. So his son went to the Supreme Court, mm. filed a habeas corpus. They gave the government one
1: month. To yeah, produce him. I saw that. That was shocking. Manisha, you want to weigh in
4: on I this? I
3: think on if the. I mean, I think if such a thing was to come to Delhi media, there would be times of India that, and the likes would definitely mount a huge
1: they don't care resistance about to it because
3: they do care about their ads and I don't think they'll allow government to interfere with their business. But in this case, I mean, we've had a bunch of stories, by Ryan on uh, how the media there has been systematically killed, a very vibrant local media, in fact, and... Uh, you know, so you've seen that since uh, since the abrogation, you've had no original reporting, obviously, very little. So papers are filled with PTI stories. And one is obviously because of the lockdown, you can't travel, but also because you will be denied ads. But even if you can't report, I found it interesting that you remarked that even the editorials were talking about like health or spirituality, not talking about what was happening in Kashmir. And that really explains how the message had been sent that you say something and we're going to make sure that you, you know, and... Even with Rising Kashmir, I think. Sujad Burai was
4: killed. Yeah, I mm. mean, Sujad
3: Bukhari was killed, but I'm saying the ads and all, they also... Y- yeah, yeah. It was... Uh,
4: Even uh, this, uh, the Fayaz Gullo, who is the owner and editor chief of Greater Kashmir, which is the largest selling uh, English daily there, he was called for questioning by the NIA several times.
3: And a Hindu reporter who did a story based on police data, police numbers was called. So, But yeah, this smacks, smells a lot like 66A, because to me, the more irritating bit was the public decency bit. I mean, it's such a strange thing to say that you can't report anything that goes against broad and it recognizes that public decency is broad. It's a broad category. So it says that anything that offends broad standards of public decency. So, And mean, they'll
4: decide what it is, obviously.
1: Well, this brings me to the next discussion, which is the New York Times editor, James Bennett, stepped down, or he was forced to step down. He had published a piece by Tom Cotton. He's the op-ed editor, the James Bennett, about how the military should be called out to control... The protests that are happening in the US. Now, that was shown, you know, held up by Republicans or conservatives. See how illiberal the New York Times is. To be honest, I haven't read that Tom Cotton's piece. Has anybody here read it? Yeah, I okay. have. So then both of you can tell us about that. And in that context, the next, the interim, you know, op ed editor I who do. stepped in, it's a lady, I think. Catherine. With, and, yeah. I'll
4: just give the name.
1: She put out a mail to employees that if, you know, any of the pieces, I don't think she used the word trigger, but if it upsets them in any way, she should, they should let <laughs> yeah, her know. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah.
1: So the context of that is, ki, bhai, we are living in such an age that if you have offended upset ho gai, or triggered, then we'll be very careful, which is to say that they'll tiptoe around every issue or there'll be uniformity of thought. So uh, Manisha, why don't you tell us what do you think of this entire controversy? And do you think New York Times is being very illiberal? What was that piece? So,
3: uh, well, the piece is, uh, he's basically talking about how cities have been plunged into looting and rioting. And that the army needs to be called in, the National Guard needs to be called in and be prepared and quell violence uh, on the streets. I think one of the, but it's important to remember that in the piece, he does make a distinction between peaceful protesters and rioters and looters. And he, in fact, I'll just read one para out, which I think a lot of people just missed reading. He says some elites have excused this orgy of violence in the spirit of radical chic, calling it an understandable response to the wrongful death of George Floyd. Those excuses are built on revolting moral equivalence of rioters and looters to peaceful law abiding protesters. A majority who seek a majority who seek to protest peacefully shouldn't be confused with bands of miscreants. So he sets up his argument right at the beginning, saying that there's a difference. But he says, protests looting or call in the army. I have no stakes in the US political scenario. On I mean, I don't care one way or the other if they call the army or not, but I think two things One thing that stood out for me, at least, was this is a newspaper that has championed sending uh, the American army into the Middle East, into Iraq, supported wars that have led to like deaths of children, women, destroyed countries.
1: And pushed the weapons of mass destruction story.
3: Which was then later called off, for which they apologized, by which time innocent people had died and a country had been plunged into civil war. Given what this context, to feel so upset about someone saying that America should probably be, you know, using its own army on its own people, the way it's been wrongly using it on other people is just to me it was just very precious Hmm. i thought oh so sad i mean you've been doing this for so long and you've championed it and now just because someone's saying you should use it on your looters and rioters it's such a big problem so for me that really stood out and i do think i don't know whether it's so if you watch Fox News, it does—they give you the impression that America has really plunged into civil unrest. I don't know if the—I don't know if they're doing a Z news because I know CA and NRC protests. It was being portrayed that the city is burning, but it wasn't. Hmm. Overwhelmingly, it was peaceful. There were a few buses being burnt and all that. And I—I I think even in comparison, I'm guessing in India at least we didn't see the sort of violence during those protests as you're seeing in the U.S. I mean, we didn't have any instances of looting. We didn't have any incidents right. of people breaking into shops or malls and stuff like that. Yeah, burning buses and all, yes. So, just in an Indian example, if say an Amit Shah or if not even Amit Shah for had written in the Indian Express and said call in the army to tackle CA and RC, I would be very offended because the scale of violence for me was not, mm. it wasn't enough to call in the army. Mm. And, you know, I, I I would find it problematic to imply that your own army should be used against your own people. But in the US, it does seem like the country did plunge into quite a bit of looting. Well,
1: no, not quite. In fact, that was discussed on...
3: So that is a Fox News agenda then? It is I a guess. Fox it's, News it's, thing. It's
1: the overwhelming protests, because, I mean, the protests, you know, they are comparing this to no protests ever before. Hmm. Not Rodney King. And there's yeah. one more case that they take. I've forgotten from the Eric 60s. Gardner. Oh, yeah. 60s. Okay. From the 60s, they take a case, which, you know, I think this is in cities across the country. And the looting was actually a very small minority.
3: So it wasn't. So of course that so, always
4: happens. If you have millions of people on the streets, there will be some who will do that. Right.
3: So okay, setting that aside, fine. So it it has mostly been peaceful. But I think that did he need to if step he down? Makes, it, no. Yeah. If he makes a distinction between looters and even if he has this excessive viewpoint that oh, you should call in the army to deal with looters, I don't think. I think New York Times could have a counter view or an editorial that says that shit. Whatever. We don't agree with this. But I think an editor need not have lost a job because of that. I yeah, a too- it
2: was it's just an opinion. I mean, yeah. we should be tolerant,
3: and uh, or maybe our standards in India is too low. Like we're used to such ghastly opinion being aired every day. <laughs> but yeah, for me, the the thing that really stuck out for me was you know oh so sad you're so upset about someone asking the army to be used on your own people, but you've championed the same army and its brutalities across the world in the most horrific way. So to me, that really Miraj?
4: got to me. So a uh, couple of things. First is I mean <laughs> these people don't lose their jobs. I mean what's his name Jeffrey Goldberg he was the chief architect of that whole conspiracy about Saddam Hussein and weapons of mass and mm. everybody like they have a term for this they call it failing up <laughs> so instead of like I mean that should have ended his career he is now the editor-in-chief of the Atlantic so, oh,
3: and I love Atlantic. <laughs> <laughs> so, there you
4: go. This huh. guy, this guy was the editor in chief of Atlantic, and he was brought into New York Times. So I had this thing. This is the hypocrisy, the liberal hypocrisy. They responded to this only because the pressure, public pressure, mounted. The first, if you read the first mail that the publisher put out, it was he was backing him. We give opinion to everybody, but then when this escalated, he said, okay, now editorial process failed and go. This same chap, when he came on board, the first two columnists he hired was Brett Stephens. And Bari Wise. they're pretty much racist. Brett Stephens is an out-and-out racist. And There have been so many controversies over his columns because he writes nonsense. Bari Weiss is, she was this activist who sort of dedicated her student life to shutting down free speech from Palestinians. So because there was this boycott going on, that mm-hmm. boycott, dissonancement movement, VDS movement against Israel, she dedicated her whole life to just shutting that down. And now she comes here and all her columns are about how people are trying to Suppress my freedom of speech. Hmm. Utterly, utterly bizarre. Nobody has problem with those. And these people are celebrated for that. But because public pressure built over this, so he had to go. And also this is linked to like this whole liberal rejection of Trump, which right. is a thing in itself. But they're overdoing it like Rachel Maddow on MSNBC on hmm. the others on this thing. This is because Tom Cotton is aligned with Trump. So this comes from Trump. This is a Trumpian idea of...
1: So you're using- saying it has become so polarized that... Even if you're seen as batting for the other team slightly you're out. That's what you're saying. It's that polarizing.
4: Basically it's like you can't say any because this is a whole Trumpian idea, right? If you go you bring in the army he's been saying this bring in the army like these are looters and policers. So basically when this guy writes it he is peddling a Trumpian agenda. So you can't have that. If you are a liberal newspaper, you can't have. So it's all down to Trump. Even I was talking to you about that amazing piece this one wrote, no, and Applebaum in the Atlantic. Even that she, despite all that brilliant stuff, so she has this. Oh, basically, Trump is this unusual monster who came and destroyed America. That's not the case. Like I was saying the last time, also the previous Ferguson uprising happened under Barack Obama, and uh, what was his uh, attorney general? He was also a black person. They didn't do anything. Mm. So this has been going on and on, and liberals have this fixation with Trump so right sh- now. So they are yeah. projecting their every failing onto Trump, hmm. and they can't tolerate anything that is like anything that has to do with Trump. And this idea is Trumpian, so they are against it. I mean, it is morally repugnant in itself. Also, that's a, a separate but discussion. But you're saying it's not but unique. But the response is this, yeah. Uh, and, and the only thing the American media, I mean, they have been going. Trump is an idiot. Trump is a moron. Trump is a monster. When he started bombing Syria, they were all praising him, including the New York Times.
1: Hmm. Right. Raman sir, do you have a take on this? No, I,
2: as I said, I mean, it was just an opinion. I mean, mm-hmm. you have to be told. Yeah, about. and
3: it's true that he did. Ah. I mean, as opinions go, I don't think it was so... I mean, it was such a terrible opinion. So,
1: I mean, I don't really have a position on this right now. Because I think on stuff like this, I don't have a theorem I go by. I go by the specifics. Because like I've said earlier, also, there are basic human values outside of which... I would not be happy to have opinions. And those human values vary for many people. So they are not fixed. It is not a quantifiable metric. Uh, So I really don't know in this particular case. I mean, conceptually, there are things that I think if they find their way into the op-ed of any news organization, if they're bad enough, jobs should go. Whether this was that piece or not, I really can't say. But by what Manisha and uh, Mehraj tell me, it clearly wasn't in their view. So I will just talk about a couple other emails and then I would like us to talk about this whole race and caste thing. you know this, And I'd like to talk about Sammy here as well. But first, there are these couple of males. The first one is by Remya Sasindran. Uh, Remya's it's about a 480-word male. So I'll just tell you what she says. One is her favorite is Maharaj. Oh, thank you so much. And she agrees with his, caste, his stance on caste always and how he breaks it down. Uh, she has an extreme disagreement with your comment on the distribution of condoms. She's a public health professional and she's uh, worked several years in the field of sexual and reproductive health and rights. And she can say that men having access to using condoms is a good thing, no matter what the context. It is empowering. Uh, She's given two or three reasons. You know, when these migrants are coming back, they may have had sex wherever they were. So if they're coming back to their homes, it is good they have condoms for health reasons, for sanitary reasons, also for childbirth reasons. And uh, having condoms is never a bad thing. She doesn't think, she. at the same time, she finds that all sterilization and stuff. It was the most repugnant and horrible part of India. You know, one of the few things that we've done so badly and it was targeted Muslims. But in this particular case, uh, she doesn't agree that it was something that was unsavory or undesirable. And on Anandardhan's comment on not taking on family, uh, like, you know, I've said if someone in your family demonstrates demonstrated bigotry, I'm pretty nasty. Much to my mother's consternation of having burnt so many bridges and family relationships. But uh, she says um, Anand's take was that you shouldn't take on family uh, because that's the kind of person he is. Uh, she says it's uh, upper class privilege because I'm a Hindu male, presumably upper class, upper caste. And when the system has its knee down your neck and you can't breathe, then you will have to take on the system, uh, whether it's your family, your community or your friends ask uh, the women so, who have to fight their families for economic freedom. So, thanks. Uh, I have not been as articulate as you, but because I have so many emails, I apologize Remia for having paraphrased what you said, but thank you for your feedback. Appreciate it.
4: First, thank you so much for the kind words. I think I maybe I wasn't very clear in what I was trying to say. I wasn't against like the distribution of condoms. In fact, I believe condoms and sanitary pad uh, products should be freely and publicly available in schools, colleges, universities, bus stations, railway stations, everywhere what i was saying is they did give it to only these people because of that stereotype type cause that these are poor people so they'll do they they are irresponsible they don't know how to run their lives so we'll help them with this one that another point i made was that when the media reported the stories the couple of stories i saw the pictures they used were of muslim migrants so mm-hmm. this is again the stereotype th- that like bigoted statement hum panch or humare humare wala. Hmm. so that is what I was objecting to not the distribution of condoms per se that is actually that's a very good thing and like I said it should be publicly available everywhere condoms and sanitary products
1: now uh, this is going to be the last discussion we will try to discuss the Indo-Chinese conflict next week we'll try to get a couple of experts so at least one here uh, but I want to talk about context Sammy uh, I don't follow cricket that much uh, but he is the West Indies captain, if I'm not wrong? Was, I don't he was, know, the West it is, I do follow that And much. he played for the Sunrisers. Uh, Hyderabad. Hyderabad. And uh, he's watched Hasan Minaj's show where Hasan Minaj said how Indians are so racist. They have words like Habshi and Kalu that, you know, they used to identify people of dark skin from Africa or of African origin. And he then realized that that's what they used to call me in the locker room and while you we were there. And in fact an article pointed to Ishant Sharma had put up a picture also calling him kalu on instagram I and mean, that is how unself conscious indians are now there hasn't been a peep out of bcci icc any indian cricketer sachin and yuvraj are doing these tutcha videos to each other they both uh, irritate me so much i find them <laughs> I such don't. i find them such ghatiya video makers also you know it uh, sorry guys i know there are a lot of sachin but he's a guy i just can't tolerate not a peep out of anyone and this is where i say that our privileged are the most illiterate, fucked up people in the world, which is why there is a fantastic talk. It's not a TED talk. It's a talk which talks about why societies collapse by Professor Jared Diamond. He's an evolutionary biologist, and he's he's written that Guns, Steel, of, you know, why... the. It's a very famous book. It's turned into a documentary, which it won also uh, awards, about why the imperialists are white. So he goes back to evolution of who started farming, grain, where say from. It goes back. He explains... Pretty much everything in humankind. And it's about why societies collapse. And one of the things is, when those who have the most privilege and access to education information, it is not in their interest to correct the wrongs. So that gap keeps growing. Now, I think something like this happening, if it was the English Premier League, if it was La Liga, if it was Serie A, they would immediately, maybe they may not have banned, you know, Wayne Rooney or David Beckham or, uh, you know, Rashford, whoever it is, right? Rashford is black anyway. But let's say any white person they who had them. That, they, even if they wouldn't have banned them there would have been some we'll take this up this person is going to be summoned
4: there would have been some noise some outrage yeah,
1: definitely. <laughs> and you have evidence you have yeah. him on Instagram calling this guy Kalu and you know we want to talk about Black Lives Matter dude you know our celebrities Virat Kohli he's making these videos with with, with his adoring wife Oof, it makes you want to vomit when he tries to be cute Ek toh, he's so stupid looking
2: Personal biases.
1: Dude, Ah, (laughs) seriously.
3: Some rant again. Okay,
1: my rant is over. So (laughs) my deal is that sure American lives matter, but the Dalit killings here, the kind of killings that have happened, the silence of the elite of this country is our biggest undoing. That's because they benefit from these privileges. They benefit from these structural
4: inequalities. Last uh, couple of days, there have been at least three killings of Dalit youth. uh, At least one has been confirmed that it was the reason was because it was cast, and the other, like I said, there was a rape of a 13-year-old Dalit girl uh, by four people, and I mean, no outrage, no nothing, because this is so uh, normalized in society. Okay, I
1: want to know where does the first domino go? Clearly, we aren't; we are too tiny a domino. Who will create pressure for Virat Kohli to speak up about Ishan Sharma or for Sachin Tendulkar to speak up? Where will this pressure come from? I mean, who will tell the BCCI? I mean, should we start with an opinion piece? Any subscriber, if you can write an opinion piece, if you have the guts to call out cricketers in India, which very few people do, about what should the BCCI do? I mean, of course, Mr. johari we've done a story on, you know, the allegations against him. is still sitting at the head of the BCCI. But Where does you, it start? Who, no, who, you, who puts pressure on them no, to no,
2: act? Have you ever seen any star cricketer or bollywood nice star sir, when they, nahi, when they spoke on that current uh,
1: uh, that other fool's show that director karan johar huh. that what did they huh. say
2: this
1: hardik pandya huh. they said they said something disrespectful to women or something no, yeah. they so they were disciplined by for two matches hua huh. Huh. Something ah, happened.
2: something
1: i don't jo follow this much he said something but. about chicks is, whatever like, basically basically
3: fling that yeah i i i
1: scored tonight because like, i'm fucking 12 uh, but but uh, yeah, so they were hauled up for that. BCCI yeah. hauled
2: them up. But that was because there was sizable was... outrage
3: by women. I think that's. I mean, when you have a lot of women come together, and I think uh, in India and in most places now, at least with, when it comes to women's issues, people are unable to get away with a lot of stuff because mm. there's a lot of.
2: Yeah. What do you think of? No, I I was just saying that. I mean, I have not seen any star cricketer or even Bollywood star. You know, speaking on any controversy, they always try to say, you know, whenever there's a controversy among themselves, I mean, whether it's a national issue or an issue among themselves, they never speak. Sir, Deepika was very brave. Deepika just made a statement by attending that. Which was very but brave. after that, But still, no, sir. No, you it, have to it g- matters. I I give is, it. To, like, I give it to her. Sir, don't do Deepika was calling Radhuli
3: is, is ugly <laughs> is irritating is not calling because cool. oh she's she's just the biggest crusader of our lifetime
2: Ca-
4: calling Am out and everything is fine i mean <laughs> I and it happens also people okay, do write apart from deepika who
2: else tell me
4: people write it. columns and people speak up on social media also but these things won't go away with that because ultimately who are they resp- uh, accountable to nobody
1: Why? Because they have that power, they have that privilege. Unless those structures are there, it's not going to change. Yeah, sure, it won't come down immediately. But I do think things do change. I mean, things have changed from the 80s to 2020, even in India. They aren't exactly what they were back then. Some for the good, some for the bad. But overall, I think it moves forward, you know, from segregation to, you know, equal but separate. You know, things have changed. In South Africa, they've changed. in That doesn't mean racism is gone. But even that incremental change... It has to start from an organization or institution saying that, dude...
3: And I think what is really bad is... Look, and a lot of people are kind of justifying this you know, Kalia and Kalu are terms of endearment in India and we call our god also Kalia and all that. Which is okay, fine. Maybe Ishan didn't know that he was being racist or that he was being rude. But now this person has said that... It hurts me now, retrospectively also. When I when I think of it, I feel bad. Why did you do this? So, as your teammate, I mean, you were playing together. What is it to just issue a public apology or reach out to him and say, oh, "I'll do better. I'm Absolutely. sorry. I didn't realize this. I'm sorry. I could have done better, but I'll mm. fix this." I mean, what is the harm in starting a conversation on because this? Because they don't think there is, is
4: anything wrong with it. Like uh. you said, which organization will start? Mm. For an organization to change, you have to, how many Dalit and Adivasi cricketers have been there in India? since 47 hmm. no, but know, I how many administrators it. of bcci are dalit and radhwasi right now or from uh, non savarna caste
3: no i think the best I a conversation or even with that, the
1: news laundry yeah. yeah
3: cool mm. so there's a, a, a cricketer from tamil nadu abhinav mukund i don't follow cricket at all but anyway he's this guy and he's he's put up a nice uh, statement on twitter basically talking about how he was uh you know commented upon for his color and of course i mean it's not just africans indians themselves there's so much colorism there's so much like obsession with fairness and we've seen in our old families when there's a darker person mm. you do have names nicknames for them or just say oh ho, oh, you know say things like that we it's good time to acknowledge it. I mean, this is a good time. Smita
2: Patil, I was reading the biography. So in her family, they they used to call her Kali. Hmm.
3: <laughs> and all her families, it's a, and everyone laughs, and the poor Kali or Kalu will also uh-huh. laugh along. as so it becomes of,
4: because it's normalized, no? It's, yeah, it's normalized. That's the problem.
1: So I have a couple of emails. This one is from Sumit. Sumit says Manisha is one of his heroes. So
3: <laughs> very good, Sumit. Very smart. congratulated
1: me for being your sidekick. Thank you. I'm also flattered. Uh, He says uh, he had a few points. I don't know if there's another fully funded news group that exists in India, but if there aren't very many, this responsibility falls on you. It'll really help if you're able to lay out a map of the news world for us subscribers. The political biases tilts various newsrooms and anchors and probably an explainer on why people like Rahul Kamal swing so wildly from being liberal favorites (laughs) to being absolute bigots and have programs titled such as Madarsa Hotspot. Two monkey balancing by the big boys and girls. For example, I'd really hope for you to call out Shekhar Gupta's rather nationalistic stance on India's Press Freedom and Democracy Index ranking. It almost felt like he stepped aside all the issues with our system and focused only on our place in the ranking, which is an excellent way to deflect attention. In more recent times, he praised the dismantling of labor laws by the Yogi government. These are strange views from an otherwise respected editor and I wonder if NL won't call it out. Who will? Three funding sources of various media houses and even your own ownership and funding structure as a contrast. Take some time to explain why you don't favor revenue sources like adwords or youtube monetization i also think you should experiment with paid events on zoom i'd be happy to pay to see events like the media rumble online uh, there are great platforms like hopin.2 that create the feel of a real event in a remote setting thanks again for enriching my life one way or the other i'll always be a subscriber thanks Sumit. thank you so much it is always so wonderful to get mails like this It it makes us feel that we haven't quite wasted our life Uh, but a couple of things, I mean, whenever I do find something that Shekhar says problematic, I have no hesitation calling him out, whether it is on this show whether it is sharing a stage with him when he tries to outshout me or in television studios where we have clashed a few times as well. On the ownership, I don't know whether I've already said this on Hafta, uh, we are working, you know, I'm working with my chartered accountants. Mm -hmm. We're trying to create an ownership which will actually give a part ownership to a trust that is going to be the trustees will be the employees of News Laundry. So they have a seat on the board. Uh, we'll have super subscribers. So there'll be one entity which will re- represent subscriber interests and they will have ownership. So it's a bit of a complicated thing because the laws around, you know, things in India, like always are about 5,000 years behind how technology and businesses have moved. I'm hoping I can roll that out by 2021 end. I'll have everything in place. So yes, of what a news transparent news organization with, a diverse ownership that cannot influence it looks like. But yeah, we're working on that. On the rest of your points, we're actually looking at various ways of media rumble debate. So I shall share your email with our teams that are looking at, at the event. But um what more? Any anyone else wants to weigh in on what Sumit said?
3: Just wanted to actually add to a previous discussion. I suddenly remembered Yes. Uh, There was this on Twitter. I don't know if you guys saw William Dalrymple's Age of Kali, a passage from Age of Kali was being circulated. And it basically, I don't have the passage in front of me, but he's describing Tamil people and Sinhalese people in Sri Lanka. And he says that the Tamil are dark-skinned, whatever, people of moderate something. And the Sinhalese are strikingly beautiful, fair-skinned. And when you read it, you're like, shit, this is so racist. It's so colorist. William
1: Dalrymple has written this.
3: Yeah, and I've read Age of Kali. The passage never like came out to me or struck me and and so just on the previous thing about Mm -hmm. changing I'm I'm sure all of us have normalized this in many ways that we don't realize but it's good to now acknowledge it and sort of correct ourselves because I was also surprised that wow it didn't hit me at all when I read this 10 years ago there was actually a school textbook I
4: don't remember which state so there was a textbook so they were Beautiful and ugly. So, the beautiful was a blonde woman, hmm. ugly was an Indian woman. Yeah, yeah, I woman remember the, this, this. I is. don't, yeah. This is just like a couple of years this ago. This is why I, I love this, Shrek. I think were, a this was, um, I don't, I remember don't know the article state. was
1: written around this also, but yes, I remember, I know the case you're
4: talking yeah, about. Yeah,
3: but all the um, fairy tales that we've grown up no, on, also, I mean, fair. on TV,
4: everything is like fair and lovely, fair and lovely, fair and lovely. And like in families also, Baki Jigapa, and even in is, Kerala,
3: like I was so surprised when you go to Kerala, all the hoardings of those jewelry because they're obsessed with gold and all, they're all fair women. And I am yeah. like, this is a state of, I mean, most people are probably which not is why here.
1: I love the it's um, just full
3: of the posters of Dode. this,
1: uh, which is that beauty products. Yeah, Uske gifts. Bhi, I like. I keep getting gifts from that Khan market. Mein, mall mein. Indian
3: body,
1: body shop in mall mein? Mall mein, ha, body shop nah, foreign ha. Indian company है India. Forest, forest essential. Forest essential. Forest essential के Jo models eh? they have such lovely dark, dusky, beautiful skin. You just see all the in there these things. They've They've really got beautiful Indian dark-skinned models. So, yeah, good on them. But uh, I don't have time for all the other mails. Zafar, your mail about the COVID and COVID responses and the devastating impact on the poor. We've seen that. Um, He fears that the government and the Godi media are doing their best to maintain Indian Muslims as scapegoats for the aftermath. Is it a rational fear? How likely is the scapegoating going to be successful? Uh, How likely is it to be physical? Uh, I guess as a Muslim man yourself, you're probably insecure about... This what you see, and I can completely understand that. Man, I really don't know if anyone has answers to that. But I will tell you, I do believe there are enough decent people in the country to try to make sure this will not happen at a scale and level that we saw uh, in Delhi. I'm quite sad it happened, but I I would still think there are enough decent people out there that will not happen at a national level. I don't know whether I'm unfounded. Naveen has written about how Telangana is, you know, completely mis handling their entire COVID that only 40,000 people have been tested since March which is like 121 tests per million which is worst in India and he's written a piece you know a letter about that he questions BJP supporters. Why will you guys question Maharashtra and Delhi which are doing reasonably good but become blind to Telangana?
3: Oh yeah, Telangana and also the chief minister's utterances are just something else. I think he's
1: he's a little bit off.
3: The way he's... Uh, <laughs> I mean, if if someone in Delhi, Maharashtra, UP would have used the language that he uses with journalists, there would be so much uproar. But mm. this guy just gets away with it.
1: And then there's this other male from Hardeep Ansari uh, and he's looking for a good Hindi daily. I'm from Kanpur, though Indian Express or the Hindu available physical paper... So, I took it upon myself to find a good Hindi paper. We've been subscribing to Dainik Jagran. No. Uh, sometimes <laughs> I pick up Dainik Jagran seems to be the organizer. They are biased <laughs> with their
5: journalism.
3: Not uh, only biased, they like fabricate he nonsense. He says they have
1: four stories dedicated to RSS and their hard work. And uh, then he says there's an Arj newspaper. It's cheaper <laughs> but the news is worth the paper it's printed on. It's also a way for me to push my BJP loving father to read less biased newspapers. We get both D- Dainik Jagran and Arj. While I praise Raj newspaper, my first part, I want to mention how one of the editorials communalized Freud protests in US. One of the editorials written by Vishnu Gupta, uh, who seemed to be part of some Hindu SENA organization, pretty much blamed the entire protests and riots happening in the States to Muslim extremists. Wow. You you would really want to read that. I I just want to see how do you do that. Uh, It shows you how Hindu right wing in India is blaming Muslims on the riots happening in America. (laughs) <laughs> and a lot of Hindi news readers <laughs> might never see CNN or American media. He, he should read a piece uh, read for us. He read our pieces. He's, Why he's, he said, he uh, America dango ke piche ka sach, and he sent this piece. So this I will share it with the team. So
3: yeah, we can do a I, I really
1: it. don't know what newspaper to suggest, man. I First think... of all, thank you for subscribing, Ardeep. Maybe we can do <laughs> some more Hindi content. Where's Ardeep
3: based? Kanpur. Kanpur. So apparently Jansatta, I believe, is a moderately okay newspaper. Jansatta, is it... Jansatta is, I think, Express Group.
2: Is it still there? Yeah yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is Jansatta it? is there. Jan Satta, uh, is it? Jainik Bhaskar
3: is still better than Jainik Jagran because they may not be like whatever anti-establishment or really taking on the government, but they are a newspaper of record and they will give you your information without coloring it as much as Jagran would. Bhaskar and NBT both are much better than Jagran. Right. But Atul could probably suggest more. We so, yeah, yeah and also maybe please
4: uh, watch Atul's uh, NL Tippani every week. Yeah, so he... and
3: if he's so carefully looking at uh, Hindi news, he should send these emails ah, to Atul. We'd be happy please. to feature them in Tippani or Nuisance or wherever they fit in.
1: So, um, on that note, uh, let's give our recommendations and wind up the Hafta. Thank you all for subscribing. Those of you who have, I really appreciate the support many of you are giving us. Those of you who are consuming the free version of the Hafta or the Chota Hafta, Do consider subscribing because as you may have gathered from our discussion even here, if you guys don't pay for the news, it is going to be completely monopolized by whichever governments have the money to advertise. So when the advertiser pay, the advertiser is served. When subscribers pay, subscribers are served. Spread the word. Tell your friends and family about news laundry. If you're a student and can't afford it, click on that scheme that we have for students that the many wonderful people who are sponsoring your subscriptions and spread the word. And if you know someone who's earning enough, 300 bucks a month is not that much. So do consider subscribing to News Laundry. Uh, write in to us at contact at News Laundry for any recommendations and suggestions you may have. Just try to keep them short because the amount of letters that have come in has become a lot more, and I'd like to include as many of them as possible. So when they become like four five hundred words, I can't include like 10 or five hundred word letters. So if you can make them a little shorter, it would really help us. On that note, Raman sir, what are your recommendations?
2: India has is is full of you know George Floyd kind of. Cases every day that George Floyd happens here. So today, Indian Express has featured one article by Sohas Palchikar. Uh, will there be a George Floyd movement in India's public life? It's a beautiful article. Indian Express, so. ha, right. uh, it's, it's a pretty good. And uh, the second is our own COVID stories. We have published many of them and uh, our series on Thakur Foundation also, Thakur Foundation stories these are my two recommendations
4: Anurab uh, Saikia has done a very detailed report about the Assam blowout in Scroll so it explains what exactly happened how the blowout happened and.
1: Discovery hai, we introduced him to journalism <laughs>
4: uh-huh. he's, a, he's a fantastic reporter I uh-huh. worked with him so yeah please read that that gives you an idea because much of the media is not reporting on this so just, this gives you an idea of exactly what happened and what's going to happen just the bare facts
3: uh, one piece in um, The Week by Damon Linker When Journalists Stop Believing in Debate. This is on the whole Tom Cotton issue. I think he's really tackled it well and looks at the philosophical turmoil that's plaguing us journalists it's very interesting especially if you're a journalist Uh, there's also uh, a nice video i mean it's not a nice video but it's really it's a it's a video that'll move you out of any sort of slumber that you may be in by kimberly jones where she's explaining why people are looting and she explains um, what's happening in the u.s black Lives matters and it's really i mean this is easily and there's a lot of parallels this is easily a dalit person in india could have made the same arguments and it's, it really moved me watching her. So watch that and uh, there's a really nice fine long piece in the Critic Mag by Kapil Komeredi on China and what it's, what it's doing in the Xinjiang province. It's, it's just scary how China has been allowed to get away with this sort of oppression of the Muslim population there.
1: It's very scary. They have got away with everything. And
3: even worse is how the Muslim world or the leaders of the so-called Muslim world have been completely silent on this.
1: Oh shit, you know, we should um, speak about maybe next hafta on how IBM has told the US government that we are not going to uh, give access to our face recognition software because of how it's used to target minorities or or, or people who don't have fair skin and how it's flawed and um, yeah... Uh, So I have actually uh, two recommendations. One is the, the the Minnesota paradox, which actually shows you that if you just go and read the Excel sheets of a place and say, see, killings have reduced, so everything is fine. There's no racism here. It's a little more complicated than that. And this case study kind of demonstrates that really well. The second piece that I actually really liked is in Bar and Bench. It's from Navroz Sirvai, a strange salvo from Salve the slightly tacky headline notwithstanding. It's a response to Harish Salve's piece which was written in the Times of India called The Rise and Fall of the PIL. Courts are increasingly being asked to intrude into elected executives' domain. And Harish Salve in his very usual way has kind of batted for delegitimizing PILs in a sense. I mean, you read both the pieces for yourself without believing my adjectives. And I think this uh, piece uh, takes down that very well. Uh, So read it. I mean, I, I just find Salve is a wind vane and I have seen him for the past several years just blow whichever way the wind is blowing and carry himself in that direction. So do read both these pieces. And on that note, thank you, panel. Thank you for your time. Uh, All of you you take care of yourself. Stay indoors. And I shall leave you today with this song.
5: जय हंगामा कहाँ
2: भाग रही तू मैं यार लाकाले से डर गए क्या हमें काले
1: हैं तो क्या हुआ दिल वाले हैं हमें काले हैं तो क्या हुआ दिल वाले हैं है है? हम तेरे ह हम काल ह तो कया हआ दिल ह चाहने
0: all the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform.
1: Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent.